What's up, my man? <laughs> How you doing? We're good to go. Ready to rock, yeah? Are we yeah. rolling? Fantastic. <laughs> See, that sounded really perfect. I just wanted to say that, you know, because I hear, I hear a bit of Joe Rogan's guests here, you know, are we rolling? It just are we sounds, rolling? It sounds cool, yes, doesn't it? Yes, yes. We need a young Jamie, though. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. But uh, nah, it's nice to do one of these podcasts in person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just for the uh, for the audience, obviously, we mentioned last time, right? We know <clears> each other for a while. Mm-hmm. When I moved to Oz, just a quick recap. Sean took me under his uh, under his wing, big Sean. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said to you, how long did we live together for? Oh, it was uh, too long. <laughs> <laughs> you're telling me <laughs> you kicked me out, mate. You yeah. remember? You were like, you give me like one week's notice. You're like, oh yeah. By oh, the way, by the way, please. someone's moving out, bro. I was homeless and stuff, man. Oh please, <laughs> uh, you haven't held on to that, have you? <laughs> <laughs> how you been, man? Anyway, I'm good. I can't complain. Awesome, can't complain. Life's awesome. good. Yeah. Looking small. When I was stood outside, then honestly, I was thinking. Like, you're the only person that makes me feel, like, really skinny. Like, genuinely. I'm, like, looking... No, no, genuinely. I'm looking at... Like, I never... I, don't, I haven't got the dysmorphia. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. But I'm looking at my biceps <laughs> and that, and I'm like, I was thinking about carbs. I was like, why are you... Maybe you should bump your carbs back up, honestly. <laughs> get a bit more... Get more filled out. Yeah. 100%, man. But no, um, a lot's been going on, man, since we last spoke with your uh, mm. Simplified Strength Tour coming up, mate. Yes. Travelling the world and shit, man. What can I, I, I say? Just, I want to say, say as well, man, I've got to give you your credit as well, because, you know... When I moved over here and stuff like that, for example, on your Instagram, you had like 200 followers. Now you've got like yeah. 180,000. You're traveling, traveling, doing mm. what you love. Now you're going to do this. Tell the audience a bit more about the Simplified Strength um, webinars you're doing, Semin- seminars. Seminars, right? yeah. So for a while, um, thank you for the intro, by the way. Man, uh, that was very complimentary. Was actually, it was yeah, good. Yeah, it was I solid. Know. I needed one. Yeah, it's something that sort of organically developed, right? The, the coaching style in which I have developed face-to-face with clients was always one of a a presenting type role. I was, I was doing it in a uh, theatrical, for lack of a better word, way, trying to get someone's attention, trying to educate someone in a, uh, in a field in which they pretty much have very little interest in. They don't care about how to move or how to lift weights. They care about the results. Well, I need them to care about the process because most of the work they'll do is when I'm, I'm not there. Right. So I naturally created a, uh, a coaching style, which was performative, if you will. And that that's who I am. And one thing led to another. I saw an opening, if you will, as like, uh, was I an opening? I, d- I just didn't put barriers on myself in respect to not allowing myself to think that I could be the type of coach that went around coaching other people how to be either better coaches, a lot of the people attending my seminars are coaches, or just be pigeonholed into working in one geographical location. You know, where I might live, that's where I'm going to work. And um, yeah, sort of influenced by some people around me and, and they were doing these sort of things and had been doing so for a while and well, well I know them and they're, they're no different to me um, you know they've got a particular skill set and why can't I do that so I took sort of the the performative nature of my uh, my coaching style on the road last year I uh, did a few spots well, I did one seminar here in in Australia and then a couple in Canada a few in the UK and with the plan to set myself up with the content created from those seminars uh, and a longer lead up time in this uh, Northern Hemisphere summer to do the same thing again. And I now have 10 lined up across July and August, um, starting in New Zealand in a couple of weeks and then on to Canada and the UK um, over across five weeks. So across five weeks? 
Yeah. Across, I think, a five-week period, I have seven seminars. Yeah. Well, you were speaking to your manager or something out there then. You were looking across. I'm like, oh, this guy just put on an act no, here for the camera, I, just asking your manager, is it five, <laughs> is it five or six? Man, I, because, yeah, I, I need to find – there's so much going on in my head at any given time. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. so much competition for space and attention. If I'm talking Welcome to someone – Yeah, if I'm talking to someone, I find, well, I find it hard to maintain – Eye contact, but I really need to kind of just. If I'm looking off and I, I lose eye contact, it says I'm basically trying to access parts of my brain where the information is. <laughs> uh, you brought someone with you, that I was yeah. like, I just sneak them in. Yeah, I just <laughs> she's speaking about that. Go a bit, you know, go a bit special. You know what I mean? Like it's in there somewhere. I need to get it. Okay, there it is. There's the information. Well, mate, that's awesome though. You get to like travel the world and stuff and dope countries as well, right? Like well, New yeah, Zealand, look, Canada. It, it's not so much the UK, but no, 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 no. I mean, UK's I like dope the UK. Well, I'm only, I'm only messing, mate. It's yeah. awesome. And Hopefully, you'll catch the um, the heat wave because last year I went back home for like the first time in like you know three years mm-hmm. bro they had a heat wave it was insane the weather man I, I got back I got over there sorry just after that just so it after must be like August or so, um, September maybe no 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 it was, it was it was still hot but I think I got I think I got the, I think I got the tail end of that right yeah. so I um, yeah it was August sorry yeah 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 it was August um, yes it, it would have been August yeah because I yeah it, it calmed down a bit when I left yeah. in August because I, I remember I think I was in Canada or just before I left on, mm. on the trip there was there was like 40 degree days mm. in, in like in, in London or whatever and because no one has air conditioning everything mm. everyone was fucked mate it's brutal uh, yeah. yeah the thing is it's funny because in the UK we've got this mentality where we just like to whinge you know mm. what I'm saying so <laughs> it's cold all year round yeah. or it's raining and then we're complaining you know the weather's terrible mm. and it gets really hot and then everyone's like ah oh, it's too warm you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah. no air con and stuff yeah. Where that voice came from, then. No. But, uh, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Yeah, uh, what, 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 uh, what's, uh, what do you think of the UK? What do you like the most about the UK? I'm curious, and what parts of the UK like stand out to you the most? Uh, I I really liked well a number of things. I really liked the fitness industry over there compared to here, my in, in Australia. So my experience of the fitness industry there was it was a lot a lot more tight knit. It was a lot more supportive. It was. Um, it was just it was less of a tall poppy syndrome trying to tear people down. At least that was my experience. Uh, versus it was less, less clicky. Um, whereas I find that in Australia, and it's probably no doubt due to the size difference and population density of the two um, areas. It's crazy because the UK is like seventy million almost. Yeah, right? so you've and got it's to, like tiny. You've got to, it's tiny. not even the size of New South Wales. You've got to, no, exactly right. So you've got this tiny landmass with a fuck ton of people, and then mm. you've got Australia with a huge landmass, thirty million people, or not, something? not even. I don't think not even. And, that, and yeah. so and so you've got. Uh, sort of clicks in like they got the Gold Coast and then you've got like Sydney. Yeah. You might have like Melbourne. I think seventy percent of people live on the East Coast, don't they? I think or something I, like yeah, that. Yeah, or, or like maybe even Melbourne and Sydney or something like that. I think, I think it's, it's on the some East Coast. sort of absurd stat. Um, if we had a, a Jamie, we could pull it up. Oh, yeah, exactly. Where, it's like ninety-five percent of the, <laughs> have to hire him for the next one. Just, just in case anyone doesn't know, yeah. Jamie is Joe Rogan's assistant. Anyway, it's an inside joke, right? Oh, if you don't watch Joe Rogan, yeah, you probably not half the watch, audience. Probably not going to watch this. So I mean, come on, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's like ninety-five percent of the Australian population live on like five percent of the land, or something, something, yeah, yeah, something right. absurd that like that, right? Um, but because of that, because you know people are living in in cities so spread apart, you've got sort of clicks, you know, and and unfortunately there is uh, my experience. It's it's especially say from a from a seminar presenting standpoint, the there's a lot less humility um, amongst um, a lot of coaches and, and, and younger trainers and whatnot here 
because if you're going to see someone at a seminar, unless they're a huge name, you know, you don't want to be basically seen as lesser than mm. because I'm like, well, if I'm going to pay to see a seminar by this person and well, that by default suggests that I'm not as good as that person. It's like, well, no, no, that's not the conversation. Um, you know, that that person just has a different experience, a different set of skills in which you can learn from. Mm. And it does make you less, make you lesser than. Mm. Whereas I think in the UK, that wasn't the vibe, you know, especially with the uptick and the response that I got from the seminars that I got there and just the general um, uh, you know, sort of cachet of attendees that would have come to the seminars. There were people just as experienced as I was, you know, but they, they just saw value in what I could provide and just to add to what they already know. So there was they were more humble in that respect, right? Mm -hmm. So it was the people in the fitness industry that I really liked and, and sort, of drew, sort of drawn me back there. But I was very fortunate, as you mentioned, the weather, that when I was there, it was it was nice and warm. It wasn't uncomfortably hot. And not that I'm not unfamiliar with that. But it was also a time where – at 33 at the time, 34 now. It was the first time that I traveled solo. Uh, and, 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 and that was part of it, quite a, a longer trip that I traveled by myself for the first time. So that independence – uh, at a uh, at a mature age, you know that I can appreciate and I'm, I'm much more um, uh, attuned to myself, you know, at 33 than I was say at 23 or even say 27 or anything like that, or even 30. And so, being over there by myself, you know, for the first time it was the first time I'd been there as well. So experiencing that for the first time, um, being an independent person um, with the reason that I'm over there. So my whole experience was so positively influenced by mm. so many aspects. And it's the culture as well, right? Because I think that's like one thing they're almost like missing in Australia, in mm. the UK. You know, we've got so much culture, so much history. Mm. Like some of the pubs and stuff, for example, have been there for like thousands of years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the oldest pub you'll find here is like probably 1920s or something. It's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. But the lifestyle, the man, because I, I had a moment the other day where I was in, uh, I was in the ocean in Bondi and I was just like, if I could, like, when I was living in the UK before I moved there, if I could just fast forward now and look at where I'm at six mm. years later, you know what I mean? Like, living this lifestyle. Because mm. it's a great place, but living there is different, right? Because it's, mm. like, the weather, it's the whole lifestyle. Yeah. It's not, the quality of life is just not as good there, in my opinion. Mm. Obviously, the weather plays a huge oh, part in that. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's something, it's a place like the UK. It's like many places, right? Mm. Like, no one goes back there, do they? When you come from the UK. It's, it's a one-way street. It's a one-way street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so, like, there are many places in the world that I... I really enjoy going to and I like going back to and I will continue to do so. But do I want to live there? No. Like mm. obviously I was fortunate enough to be born and raised in Sydney and but I've also been also equally fortunate to be able to travel a, a lot in my adulthood and um, I just prioritise that in, in my life, right? So holidays and now sort of more working mm. um, trips and whatnot. And so being exposed to lots of different places and I, I've had the, the question a number of times uh, online, you know, w where else in the world would you live if you could or, you know, things like that. I'm like, well, if I wanted to live somewhere else, I would, but there's nowhere else I'd want to live just because, it, you know, it ticks, obviously very biased, but it ticks all the boxes that I need and want. And, you know, I've tossed up things like living in Bali. I like going to Bali for an extended period. I was just there for a month, um, a few months ago. And I spent two months there last year, uh, one month at a time, beginning and the end of the year. But again, they say there's no place like home, but, you know, I'd ra I'd rather I'd rather be there. Otherwise, I'd live somewhere else. Hundred <laughs> percent, man. Hundred percent. I saw you went to Bali recently with your new girl Molly. Yeah, yes. So you're a, you're a mark man as well now. Yeah, mate. Huh? I'm off the market. Out of the game. Yeah? Off the market. Yes. <laughs> no, it was very it was very good. Um, it'd been a long time coming. Molly and I'd been seeing each other for uh, on and off for about twelve months, and um, I all my twenties. So I'd spent all but 
six months of my 20s in two long-term relationships. It was only six months between those two. Um, I got started the first one when I was 19 and the second one ended um, when I was 30. And and so there was only six months and it wasn't in a long-term relationship, right? And so um, most of that time was living with a partner. And so I Did have... COVID, okay, this might yeah. be a deep question. Did COVID play any part in that or not? No, no, no. This was just covid just, oh, 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 you mean in terms oh, yeah, of why, yeah, why it ended? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm just, you know, no, deep it, I'm just curious just, because oh, I know I'll a talk, lot of relationships... About anything. A, a um, lot of relationships like kind of failed the strength test in, yeah, look, <laughs> in, it probably, in COVID. Like, you know? It probably would have played a role. Yeah. Like, you'd, you'd be ignorant to say it didn't play a role. Mm. Um, but it was, it was something that, you know, uh, we'd met each other at the right, at sort of at a, at a time that we we're both coming out of something, we met each other and it seemed right, and it felt like an opportunity missed if I didn't have a go, and I was glad I did. We both grew a lot having spent time together, and then when um, push came to shove, you know, I didn't have the the balls to sort of end it. You know, I knew in my heart that you know it sort of it had run its course. She um, called it after about four and a half years or so. Um, it was very tough, but I even thanked her for it because it was something that, you know, I'd ended my previous relationship and that was one of the, the toughest days, if not the toughest day of my life in order to do that because the hurt that it created mm. um, because I was dishonest with myself for so long telling myself that, you know, everything was okay and, you know, and I should have ended that, that previous relationship long before I did, mm. right? So um, I found it very hard to then try to do that to someone else and myself. So I was living in denial to the fact that that relationship mm. should have ended prior Man, um, before I, it did. And full, it, so, yeah. Yeah. full transparency, I've done that as well because I've spent probably around about like 11 years. I'm 35 now. So I had my first long-term relationship when I was like 19, 20 for like three years. Mm-hmm. Then I had another two-year stint. <laughs> and then it was, uh, what was it after that? That It was like three years. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know how long it is. I've lost count now. Something like 11 years or something. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing that I've done like once or twice in relationships where you just kind of go along, like like you, you lie to yourself. And mm-hmm. everyone knows what the answer is, don't they? Yeah. Deep down, but you stay in that comfort zone. Uh, but you learn from that then. Yeah. You? you learn, so you go, okay. And we're both young, right? Mm-hmm. In our defense, so it's like you learn, then you go, right, okay, I'm not going to do that to anyone else mm-hmm. again. You know, I'm not going to go against what my intuition yeah. is telling me, you know? So, well, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a traumatic thing, man, going through a breakup, you know what I mean? It, it's, um, well, it's, not, it's a it's, tough thing. It's not, it's not nice, but at the same time, it's one of those things I think you, you need to go through mm. and you need to look at why did it happen and you need to take ownership Excuse me. You need to take ownership for any and all shortcomings that you were involved in, in order to be a better version of yourself moving forward for any potential partner that you may have. And one thing I said, um, and I've said this to to Molly, and I've said this um, to sort of other like friends or clients, and it it, it sounds borderline narcissistic, but it, I'll explain sort of the pers- perspective in which it comes I, from. I know you're a narcissist. Uh, uh, yeah, so anyway, that's who I am. I'm just trying. Share it to the audience. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to suggest that I'm I'm not. <laughs> I said that whoever I end up with will be incredibly fortunate because I've put so much work into myself that. I have, uh, you know, looked at my involvement in relationships that haven't worked, and 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 my involvement, and obviously I'm not completely, um, I'm not the only one uh, responsible for why a relationship hasn't worked. It's a two way street, but looked at what I could have done better, how do I improve and and work on myself to be the best possible version of myself moving forward for any potential partner to the point where whoever 
uh, you know, I end up with is going to be incredibly fortunate. And um, it sounds, you know, it's a bit showboating, but it's like it's only because, like, this is the best version of me that's ever existed. Mm. So, you know, and so yeah, it I comes totally from a, agree with it. I don't, I don't think it's showboating. No. I think, but it, I think it's it come, fair, though. And I think if I, you have to do that deep work, then you have to work mm. on yourself and then you bring your best into a relationship. But Otherwise, it's just setting yourself up for fail and mm. setting, setting someone else up for hurt then as well, right? Because mm. then you're deflecting a lot of stuff you haven't worked on well, if into you, the relationship. Unless you have no degree of empathy whatsoever, mm. um, you're going to feel sounds about right you're gonna feel (laughs) maybe um you're gonna feel hurt if you're gonna you're you're going to feel bad for hurting someone Mm. right and and so why cause more pain and hurt on yourself Mm. if you have control uh on who you get involved with and to what capacity the level of transparency you have and and if you like myself, I identified, you know, things within myself, you know, make sure I'm, I'm honest with myself and, and by extension of that, communicate better and more openly and honestly with anyone that I'm you know, seeing. And if anything was to eventuate, um, all my cards are on the table and you know everything from the jump. Mm-hmm. And if things weren't to work out for any reason, uh, it's, it's, not, it's never going to be nice in terms of like, you know, what you're going to have to go through emotionally, but it's going to be the, the 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 lowest possible point of discomfort and pain because you were communicative the whole time. You weren't lying to yourself. You weren't telling yourself, "Oh, things will get better if you don't action mm, them to get 100%. better." I had this so. chat with uh, Janini recently, and luckily for me, she's worked on herself a lot as well. Mm. So she's actually moving through a similar process where she's like taking the time to work on herself to heal from previous traumas from relationships mm. and stuff like that. And then, it, you know, I. My personal opinion is I think you need time on your own. I think when you get, like, you know, when you have, and it's fantastic when you hear the stories about, you know, childhood sweethearts and all that kind of Mm. stuff. And it does, well, Janini's parents, for example, they're a perfect example of that, but it's a different era we live in now, Mm. right? You know, modern day. day. But also it's just like having that time to work Mm. on yourself and being on your own, being okay on your own, isn't it? Mm. I think is really, really fundamental. Well, I I totally agree. But I I think there's two sides of that coin. I think it's really important to have experience in relationships Mm. as well as experience. Yeah, that's what I meant. meant Experience by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Experience. Life experience. Isn't it? I yeah. think life experience, you know, in any area yeah. is normally going to be valuable as long, you know, as long as you're not as treating people bad. And as, like, as long as you know how to look destroying at, people look, in the process. Yeah, ideally. You, you, look at that, you look at those experiences and uh, unpack them the best you can and withdraw the positives look at the negatives, what could I have done better and improve upon those, right? And and you need time by yourself to identify who you are, what you want out of life, what you want out of a partner, mm. um, what your boundaries may be. But involved with that, you need to have experienced what it's like with someone, uh, with maybe multiple partners over time, different girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever the case, whichever way you swing. So you can get a feel for what a healthy relationship mm. feels like to and you. And what you like and what you don't what you like. like and what you don't like, what you won't accept and what you will accept, non-negotiables, what their boundaries are and, and learning how to respect that. Mm. And uh, if you if you only have one and not the other, I feel like your life experience and your ability to um, uh, get fulfillment out of a relationship to the degree in which you possibly could mm. won't be also seeing the qualities for me as well. It's, it's being able to see the qualities in a woman, in a good woman. Mm, 100%. And also look for the red flag. I mean, we all have different things, different values essentially, right? But you see now I know, for example, obviously – Shouting out Janini again, you know what I mean? Like she's going to be hey, listening back to this. She's going to be loving rap, it. Give her I know, a rap man, if she deserves it. I know, it's you like know? you're just doing it for the podcast. <laughs> Who's Janini? You haven't even told me about her off here. <laughs> nah, chimps. But uh, no, it's, I see the qualities in her and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, now fantastic. This is mm. what 
I'm looking for right now in my mm. life, you know, and I have yeah. that awareness from previous relationships. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm saying. And right? So you, you can spend a lot of time by yourself, and um, and that, that will teach you a lot, mm. but it won't teach you your ability to identify those things in Definitely. your partner um, if you haven't experienced either those equal positive qualities in someone else, mm. but they might have had a few, you know, negatives to go with it. And Speaking sure. of negatives, um, how oh, do you manage? By least, segue. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, I mean, the quality is fantastic, right? But that's boring. Let's talk about the negative, right? <laughs> Throw them at me. Let's go. Um, how do you manage? What's your partner like with uh, you know PMS and stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, how like, do you like, manage like, that? Like right now, because uh, like, or potentially yeah. right now, or just in general. Because like, I mean, how do you how do you how do you navigate? Moment, and at, what have you learned uh, throughout the process? Because I've learned a lot about myself. <laughs> well, well, um, we'll, well, we'll get to you. In a it's second. a character building process. It sure is. <laughs> but I had I was, I was thinking yes, not to go off too much. I was thinking about like I wonder what you know, like a pregnant woman, right? Because like mm. a pregnant woman is going through a lot, right? Oh, the Ima- hormones imagine, are fluctuating. Yeah, that, yeah, I wonder what that's like in comparison to PMS. Anyway, continue. Just curious. Well, I think it would be quite different, right? So, you know, PMS is, uh, I think... It, it's very different to have it's a very, baby. But it's, it's also very different individually, mm. right? And and for a lot of women, it can be <laughs> very it can be very different uh, month to month mm. as well. 100%. And so Molly, my girlfriend, but like she at the moment, um, I'm hoping she isn't fucking pregnant. Um, she's waiting for a period to come in, but she's got these... Oh, okay. Her, her PMS is like the worst it has been for um, like since I've known her. And we'll say the worst, she's just a bit more moody, right? But at the same time, as I said, I've spent um, over 12 years of my adult life with uh, in, in long-term relationships. With moody women. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And and so she is she has apologized in the past about um, how she might be, you know, prior to a period and things like that. And I'm like, listen, this is a fucking walk in the park. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, and, going back to what you were saying. But it's it's also it, it's it's ownership of these things as well. Mm. And and I think it, it's a two way street. Just so, looking at what you what can you do better as well. How can exactly, you react better? How, how can, can you can manage that situation? How can situation you be better? more supportive and understand that at a time prior to their period, which we don't have to go through for yeah, yeah, enough. We and, have no idea. So well, the, we? the least we don't have to deal with it. You know, we don't yeah. have to deal with the period itself and the physical discomfort. You know, the mood swings and the how they view themselves differently. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And so the least, in my opinion, the least that we can do. Uh, as guys, as partners, is to be um, extremely patient, as just as supportive. Well, yeah, to be more patient and supportive mm. as possible, as long as they are uh, owning, you know, the fact that when you say something or um, the way they view something is going to be n- n- typically negatively skewed because of their uh, home- hormonal flux. Mm. At that, because they're time. like completely. Because I always communicate this to like my female clients. Mm. They're literally two different physiologies you for know what sure. Saying? Different people when yeah. they're leading up to the menstruation, yeah. side, uh, the the menstruation, mm. and then leading up to the ovulation and stuff like mm. that. Two different people. But um, I've learned, for example, this week uh, Janini had it bad PMS, mm-hmm. and you know I learned I learned a lot about myself because it's like one of those things where. As a guy, you want to be like logical, don't you? We want to solve problems. We're logical, and I, and I fall lo- into this we're, trap. We're logical beings, and they're emotional we're not, beings. Exactly. So yeah. sometimes you're like you're trying to you realize that this is not just like something where you just solve the problem and stuff. Yeah, it's not problem. It's, it's, it's not problem. You've got to be more. It's solution. Yeah, you got to be more compassionate. Again, mm. more patient. And I've just learned that obviously open communication is key, right? But 100%. the way you say things as well, the way you deliver, like especially with like with guys, we're very mm-hmm. direct, right? We yes. can just say direct, straight up. Yeah. This is what it is. Bang, crack on. Yeah. It's all good. It, it, you know, it's either you're a, you're a cunt. Like, yeah, you're a cunt. <laughs> get in the gym. You're fat. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is. But yeah. with a female, yeah, it's the delivery. Hundred percent is so important, right? Yeah. And, and just listening to like hearing them out. 
I know every now and then, like just simply holding their hand and touching them, showing them that you well, care and yeah. showing them love, isn't it? Sometimes it's you know, it's important, and again, this is sort of one of the things that I've learned from relationships which haven't necessarily worked in the past, and 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 positives drawn from those relationships. They weren't all bad, you know what I mean? It's sort of like there's a lot of good in that, so you can extract the good. And so one of those was what you touched on. It's not always what you say, but how you say it that matters. And then you may say something that means very black and white what you think it means, mm. and that doesn't really matter. It, it's how it lands. So mm. you may say something to your partner that three out of the four weeks of the month um, land how you expect it to. She receives it and uh, the way you know it was intended. You go one day but, over that free week, but, 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 but one of those. <laughs> but on that that other week where you know she's you know she's uh, you know, leading up to her, her uh, period where um, you'll say the same sort of thing. It might be off the cuff sort of comment. It's a bit of a joke, maybe at her expense, which she wouldn't care about typically. But then she she's more sensitive to it, and it's like that's something you just got to be appreciative of because I look at it from the perspective of thank Christ I don't have to deal with that. Mm. Um, and so, like, what what what's what do I have to do? I have to sort of like be a little bit more sensitive, you know, in regards to what I say, and be a little bit more appreciative for what I say, because it's not about necessarily what I what I'm saying and 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 the intention of what I'm saying. It's how may this be potentially misconstrued based on the position which is in now, which may seem like you have to think about it a lot. But if you've worked on yourself and and you appreciate the context of the the people you're talking to or the one person, your partner mm. that you're talking to. Um, I think it's just an organic development of, of maturity mm. that you understand 100%. that, um, you know, not to walk on eggshells. You shouldn't have to do that, but just to respect the fact that they're in a position that they're going to be more emotionally triggered by um, <laughs> anything. Sensitive, yeah. <laughs> Bro, any, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you breathing so loud for? Jadini's not like yeah, that. But no, I'm, just, I'm, 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 using, I'm using examples of it. It's like it's, it, or, it's, or like just like a, a video on, you know, scrolling on Instagram. Um, yeah. and, and it's like triggered by, you know, cute puppies more or, or, or like, you know, whatever it might be, you know, on your feed. Uh, and it's sort of more emotionally triggered. Mm. And, and it's... It is what I, it is. I've learned a lot about like childhood as well. Like for me, I didn't have a dad around and stuff, uh-huh. so my my upbringing was like just chaos basically. Sure. I didn't have a father around, and then grew up around a lot of domestic violence. So my mum was in an abusive relationship, all that kind of stuff. And I had I had a bit of therapy, and I've come to realize like certain patterns now. It's like where I will get kind of like more anxiety and stuff like that if there's like an open loop, for example. Like if I don't know, quite know. You know what? What if she if she's kind of like maybe PMS for example, right? And she's maybe not a bit more short of me. And, and because we don't live together at the moment, mm. so it's like messages, and they can come across the wrong way. So I have to yes. like bring her up, and like I'm like, oh, okay, what's happening here now? And then I'll realize it cre- creates like an open loop, and then I'll gangs, and a lot of stuff is like mm-hmm. triggered from childhood. What yes. I picked up on as well. So well there's so much stuff. Though. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. There's, there's there's so much stuff uh, going on there, isn't there? But where did you actually meet Molly? Anyway, I'm curious. Mate, she slid into my DMs. Oh yeah, yeah, with some pretty. Pretty. I sounded av- so Australian then. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was some pretty average chat. Really? Yeah. What was I, the, what I, was the uh, her, first move? Shit. She responded to, and she'll hate me talking about this. Hopefully, she listens to it. And That's right. I'm not going to edit it out. But oh, good. No, don't. <laughs> I, 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 there is nothing. I, I would say behind her back. I wouldn't say to her face. Yeah. Um, and and worse. Oh, great. That's that's, <laughs> that's the way to be. Yeah, right? it's honest. And so. What did she say? She responded to a story and it was, I think it was in regards to, I just, he, I think I've just put a, a oh, this is a story of like a whole bunch of sushi plates. You know, I just finished or something. And she said something about, um, 
What did she say? Um, hell, she said something about appetite or being able to eat a lot and uh, smooth. You know, yeah, Molly, smooth. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what it says. And but it, uh, but it was more. No, well, it wasn't. It wasn't that. And I, I replied with, "There's always room for more." With with a with a cheeky, um, you know, like smile emoji. emoji. Uh, yeah, no, like the, the cheeky oh, the sort of like wink, the, yeah. the cheeky. Oh, you're a winker kind yeah, of guy. Yeah. Here with the emojis. And, and um, all right. And um, one of them creepy winkers. Yeah. And how she responded was, um. It was the beginning of 2020. It was January, I think. Yeah, January. And she responded with uh, the motto of 2020, 2022. And I just like, what am I doing with that? Like there, there was no. I was there was. I was like trying to be obvious that I was like uh, taking the conversation. Well, the start of the conversation in a direction. And she said the, the uh, motto of twenty twenty two. And so I just liked it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Because I've got a lot of followers, and I'll have people that'll just write random shit to a particular story or whatnot. And I don't immediately think this person is keen. Um, I certainly, you know, looked on her profile and was attracted to her. So, you know, one was uh, hopeful, but at the same time, it wasn't a matter of like anyone that writes me something again, you know, my head isn't that far up my ass. And, and, uh, and so many, and, you must and, have so many options, mate, with all those and, thousands of followers at the time. And I mean, Molly, you've done well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate, I couldn't help that. <laughs> no, she knows. Uh, and, and so uh, um, that was no, nothing was said. Um, nothing, nothing was said um, for a little bit. You know, maybe a week or something. And uh, but I liked the way she looked, so I I ended up. Um, following her, just so you know, I would lose her in the in the depths of the DMs, and she ended up commenting again on a particular story. I think it was my mum training in the garage, uh, in my gym, and uh, yeah, the conversation, the chat from there was much better. And so, um, yeah, twelve months later, she was Smooth. very very patient. Smooth, very patient. Um, and then you moved in together. Yeah? I think she was about to pull the ripcord. I could tell. Yeah. Um, it was a matter of. And then you moved in, then to, to, to salvage the relationship. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Let's move in together. Right. Yeah. Let's just solve that problem. Well, as we were sort of talking about before we jumped uh, jumped on air, uh, <laughs> I um, I and like I mentioned before, I, I lived with partners for over a decade of my twenties, uh, and and so I was very comfortable, very familiar living with um, a partner and. Uh, I was in a position where I had uh, a housemate at the time, a two-bedroom apartment, and I needed someone else. And I, it was a sort of a serendipitous sort of um, situation where do I get a uh, a new housemate and continue this sort of like on-again, off-again relationship with this girl who uh, was increasingly meaning something to me? and uh, Or do I sort of like make a decision here? And I was overseas at the time, and uh, I wasn't having as good of a time as I would like to have had. And it wasn't that I didn't enjoy the company that I was with. It wasn't that I wasn't enjoying the the location I was in. But it was, you know, it was. It got to the point where I'm like, you know, there's something missing there, and it was the fact I was missing her. And so I gave her a call and and basically said, um, uh, you know, I want to be with you. And it sounds a lot more romantic and, and sort of like significant than what I was. I want to be uh, with you. Yeah, Smooth, I, I, I didn't say that particularly. I can't remember what I said. Um, I, was oh, quite, I, was, I was quite emotional. Yeah. Well, we'll just, we'll, uh, nice, yeah. And, and so, and um, basically, I told her um, that I wanted her to move in because, uh, you know, rather than 
you know, perpetuating this sort of yeah. like, you know, this to and fro that we had going. And I wanted to sort of make a commitment to her. Mm. And, um, yeah, and it was NCAA a great brings you close together. It was a great decision. Yeah. And for me, it was a matter of um, being able to see her more and mm. it was, and without having to, to try, mm. you know what I mean? Um, because there's so much time I dedicate to myself, my business and what I want out of life. I want to be able to see her without more easily, mm. um, knowing full well that I still have to try uh, and still have to dedicate quality time when we're together and not be complacent with the fact that oh, we see each other that all the time. That can be a thing as well, isn't it? Because like, well, when that, you live together, you can also then get complacent in terms of the quality of the time. Bro, it's, like, that, are you pre- it's the presence, isn't yes. it? And that's why I think is a, is a kind of valuable thing now uh, with uh, Janini and I. Mm-hmm. We're not living together at the moment. I'm sure we will uh, soon. But basically... No, no pressure. No pressure. I know. I know. <laughs> now, I've just, now I've just dropped it now, right? But no um, it's like that quality of time together then. It's like you're more mindful of being present. And it's mm-hmm. almost like when I go back home to the UK. Yeah. It's like I go back and the quality of time and how much yes. more aware and present you are because mm-hmm. you know it's like a certain amount yep. of... So sometimes, yeah, but you're right. That's a good point because you can get... But um, Oh, sorry, make one. Were well, you no, what I was going to sort of touch on there was the, the reason why... Um, I sort of uh, – I even mentioned it to her at the time and, and it's something that we continue to uh, make sure we, we work on is to appreciate um, one another's time, be present with one another and have uh, enough time on a regular basis throughout each week that we are spending time with one another that is not just, uh, you know, gap-filling. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, we're both here. Let's go for a walk. Because I know we're, we're genuinely spending time with one another and, and we're doing so with far more intention to spend quality time with one another because I've been in relationships in the past because I was living with one another. You do get complacent and you do think because you are spending time with one another that it is um, enough mm. and it's not. No, uh, and and um, I, I wouldn't have made the commitment that I did and made the decision that I did um, being very comfortable by myself mm. and, and, and really enjoying that. It's tough, man, because I've made some big uh, like errors lately almost where I've just been so caught into working, caught mm. up with work, that it's like, you know, not really, you know, making her as much of a priority in terms of like just simple things. Again, sometimes you've got to be a man of your word and full transparency. I said something like, oh, you know, get it, like stay over every Friday or something, mm. non-negotiable. I said that and like I never go against my word for the most mm. part, but like, you know, full transparency, I did. Then I was just, mm. it was like a Friday daytime and I was like, oh, is it cool? Just in, in conversation, I was like, oh, is it cool to stay over tomorrow instead? Mm. And she was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And then it wasn't, right? So like, yeah. it was like, yeah, but, and then I learned again from that. It's like, nah, you've got to be a man of your word. You know mm. what I mean? What you say, you've got to, you've got to back up. Yeah. But I met her in the, in the gym, man, Janine. I, uh, okay. In, uh, did who, who, first who approached who? I approached her. Oh, and of course I was like a did. predator in the background. <laughs> oh there, right? my goodness. I was like a shark. <laughs> right? I saw her. I'm going to be full, fully transparent now. She was in the gym, you would, know, and would, I walked in behind her in the gym, right? So I come out the chain. Of course she, like, she did. Yeah, exactly. Like, it wasn't time that I figured I'm saying. Like, you, I wasn't lurking in the shadows. Were you trying to get her as a client initially? No, no, no. I wasn't working in there. No, no, no. This is like a year ago this is actually oh, okay. bang on a year course, ago June the 25th yeah yeah that's right you weren't in yes yeah yeah it was June, right, the, June the 25th uh, yeah last year so yes, like bang on a year ago I met her and uh, I was in the gym walked in behind her I was like oh okay she's fine you know what I'm saying mm. she's got a Great body, right? I'm just going to say how it is. She's, she's fine, right? She's great from the front. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, see, I hope, I didn't I hope, see her face I initially. I hope she looks great from the front. Exactly. And then when I saw uh, her from the front, then she was doing like, you know, I was, I was. this sounds really bad now. <laughs> she's doing good kickbacks. <laughs> Who is this guy just what, stalking people in Fitness yeah. First Platinum? Everyone's going to be panicking now. But no, I saw her. She caught my eye. I was on the squat right next to her. And uh, yeah, man, I was just like, and then I saw her face. I thought, wow, she's pretty as well. Yeah. So I just mm. went on my session. And then, you know, it's like nagging in your head. You're like, yeah. you got to speak. This is an opportunity. Yeah, know? of like course. For, for the whole, and then I, I was like, 
taking my time in my session as well. It was like a three-hour session. Oh, <laughs> like, I was like, well, I'll do some calves at the end, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do I... <laughs> doing, doing forearms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Doing tracks. So yeah, yeah. Doing on the cable machine. Yeah. Like, all random yeah. shit. Yeah, well, anything that's within proximity of her, they can get some... Okay, here you, yeah, here you so go. Just, just, just crying out for some eye contact. Yeah, for sure. And then I just happened to walk past her and I just said hello, mate. And it wasn't like, I haven't really got like a cheesy opening line or something. You know? Oh, it was shut like, up. I bet you It was you like, do. it was just like, hey, I how bet. you doing? Okay. And then it was like, straight to the point. It did was you like, just lift your shirt up and show your abs? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I got, that, I got the abs out and she was sold straight yeah, away. Done. She yeah. was She was sold then. Yeah. That was it. That's the yeah. end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. That's it. Done. Yeah, no, she, but I literally, I just said hello to her, you know, what's your name and blah, blah, blah. And then she gave you a fake name? Initially, initially, yeah. Beatrice. I was like, Stephen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, uh, yeah, and then I was just like, you know, straight in, you know, watch your Instagram kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then bang, um, and the rest is history, you know. But okay, uh, that's great, yeah, man. That's uh, that's my story about met even though he didn't ask for it. I just thought I'd share, <laughs> I thought I'd just share that why with are we sharing stories, with the audience. Why not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why not, man? People, people like to sticky beak, they like to know what's up, exactly. Know? I'm just blatantly, if, blatantly looking down on my notes here, mate. Yeah, because well, uh, look, we've got a few, we've got a few notes here, <laughs> we've got a few talking points, nothing wrong with that, exactly. exactly. Otherwise, otherwise, the conversation will just end up in chaos, 100%. <laughs> but no, I wanted to ask you a kind of segue here is in terms of like relationships is. You know, brotherhood, right? Uh-huh. Just just having this chat now for mm. us, and it? it's good just to shoot the shit as yeah. men. And I feel like it's so important. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that I was saying to you, me, you, and Ian will get together, yes. have a chat, and yeah, stuff that'd like be that. Great. But it's so important, right? Surrounding yourself with obviously like minded people, but like I feel like as a guy, it's fundamental. Like, because mm-hmm. my best mate lives in he lives in New York. He's also from Wales. I've got another mm-hmm. uh, close mate back home in the UK, and then Ian's a really close mate of mine here. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really got a great deal of friends here in the network. And sure. I'm saying like like really close mates. Obviously, mm. I consider you a friend as well. But having that brotherhood is mm. um, is is really important, right? And having people to shoot the shit with and <sighs> yeah. guys to just just have a laugh with and yeah, have look, conversations I, with. Well, they say you know the you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and it's it's a very you know used highly used uh, adage, and it's very true though. And so, you know, you are so heavily influenced by who you spend time with, what their uh, passions, drives, and, uh, you know, goals are. You're going to be influenced by all lack thereof. And so, and, and it's something that it's only become more present and more apparent to me as I've gotten older and as I've gotten more sort of personally ambitious and, and driven and, and have goals and, and are able to achieve them and, and looking for further success and whatnot. And you sort of naturally gravitate. Well, you actually you start to pull away from people in general uh, in respect to needing more time to focus on what you want to do, what you need to do, and you just need to spend time by yourself in order to do so. Uh, and if and when you do spend time with people, this is my experience at least, you you tend to draw towards people who have uh, similar interests, similar drives, similar passions, or operating on the same wavelength or same frequency and moving along the same trajectory that you are. They may be further along that trajectory path because they may be doing uh, whatever it is they may be doing for a longer period, but uh, it, there's a kinship there, you know, um, between people that are sort of operating at that on that frequency. And you take a lot from that. And so you're able to get not just uh, a social outlet with these people like you could with anyone. Yeah, you get a social outlet with anyone. But you're able to get so much more because you share so much more. And I think it's not until you become a little bit older into sort of adulthood. You can't really get that even in, you know, I really wouldn't call someone in there, myself included, before 25, adulthood really. Uh, Even any 20s, it's questionable. And so 
it's not until you get a little bit older, you get more, a little bit more wise, and you maybe have a little bit more ambition, and you've had a little bit of success, and you want a little bit more, and you learn that who you spend time with is so positively uh, influential if it's the right people, mm. and you just unintentionally find yourself drawn towards certain people. So if I'm only going to spend um, X amount of time not by myself working on whether I'm whatever I might be working on and and I'm going to be much more choosy with who I spend time with because I'm going to get a social outlet and scratch that social itch with absolutely anyone I can talk to a brick wall uh, so it's like well, what else can I get out, out of uh, you know that time spent how you know and, and it's like obviously with yourself you know we get along really well and we have for you know a long time and always have and there, there's a similar energy there. There's there's a there's a similar drive and ambition and passion that you share with someone that it makes that that social connection so much more rich mm. versus maybe someone that you're still friends with or someone that you get along with, but maybe they don't have the same degree of ambition, that same drive, that same sort of energy. And uh, you know, out of those two sort of options, those two hypothetical people, um, you're probably going to be drawn towards the the, the person mm. that has um, that provides more fulfillment mm. for the for your time and share similar values on a similar yeah. path. But also, it's like it's a fine balance, isn't it? Right, it's a fine dance between spending. You could spend too much time with people mm. who are kind of like you're aspiring to almost mm. be like. And it can be a bit too much then, mm. right? So it's like having that balance. But yeah, I think just having like-minded people, especially as guys, right? To, to, For sure. You know, to basically, it's like even using Ian as an example as well, it's like almost look at him as almost like a mentor in some mm. areas where he helps me. He's helped me like with relationships and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? What I've been in, because I don't know if you know this, but the average, because per- loneliness is like a real thing now, right? Yeah. And the average person hasn't got like one person, not even one person, so I think over fifty percent of people hasn't got one person that they could call uh, in times of you know yeah, right. like trouble or whatever. Yeah, it is, yeah, someone yeah. they could turn to when shit oh, hits the fan. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly, right. man. So you know, I think valuing the. But another example is um I've like got, obesity because I've got lots of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what can I say? I got I got my mum. My mum will bail me out every time, man. You know <laughs> Fuck, I tell you what, I'm, mate, I'm a mama's boy. I'll be the first. Hey, your mum will it. slap you about now. What, oh. your, what your mum's deadlifting, man? No, I saw her pulling. I saw her pulling a pulling a. Like, what was it like a one a one six a one forty? She's just pulling a nice one forty deadlift. Just just little warm up. You know she's what I'm saying? Just getting it, the glutes fired up. She's made of something different. Bro, that it's woman. crazy how you can see um, the shape as well. Like in mm. terms of like how much she's changed. Like Mate, in I, terms I, of her muscles. I, and- I, I've seen she, she, she's mid sixties now, and um, I started training her a number of years ago, just as a means to show her uh, enough movements and exercises that were sort of, um, you know, consistent with what she needed and what she wanted. And so she felt competent and confident enough to do them by herself. And it sort of, that just developed. It was a great way, an easy way in which to spend time with her. And, um, yeah, and she just she hit the ground running, and just genetic hyper responder. That's obviously. You know, I used to give my Makes dad. Sense, mates. I used to give my dad all the kudos for uh, my genes and, and what I can do physically. Okay, so your and, mum and is the answer to this. It was to my this mum. Secret, yeah? I took them all back to this, to I, this unit I, I see I, before me. I took all the all the uh, all the adulation back toward from my dad, and then gave it towards my mum. I definitely got my cotton bud legs from my mum for sure. Oh man. really? My, yeah, I got my chicken legs from my mum. So yeah. thanks, mum. It, it took me two decades, to, and that's why I've got my joggers on today, man. I definitely wasn't going to wear shorts today. Next, <laughs> next to short, I already feel like a skinny little, you know, dweeb outside. <laughs> but uh, no, but that's another thing as well, right? Is um, is being in shape, right? And when it comes to business, relationships, whatever, 
being in shape is not like how you look, right? It's fantastic, but really, mm. that's just that's just a byproduct of your daily actions and yes. decisions, right? It's a story of sacrifice. Yeah. So I was chatting to someone recently, and it's like, well, a guy or girl, but as a guy especially, well, guy or woman, it goes both ways. But if we're talk, talking about men now, just being in shape, you get you get more respect from people just naturally because we mm. judge a book by its cover. So this is not even like a male or female, just in general, whether yeah, you like sure. it or not, we judge a book by its cover. It's like mm. naturally when you look at someone in shape. You look at them and you're like, that person's got their shit together. You automatically think that, even though if it's, it might not necessarily be the case, but Correct. for the most part, Correct. they've got the discipline and the consistency yeah. with their training and probably nutrition yeah. a bit as well. Yeah. So hit the nail on the head, right? If you see yeah. someone who is, say, two versions of, of, of people, right? Or, or, you know, um, or two people, you know, and, and one is in good shape, you know, and they're, 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 you know, the clothes fit well where they should and, and, and uh, loose where they should as well. Um, <clears throat> and someone else who, who's clearly overweight and, and, you know, not in the, not in great health. The, it's a reflection of values and, and uh, not, it doesn't make either person better or worse than one another. But when it comes to, uh, you know, like judging a book by their cover, you know, we're all going to make assumptions on someone before we get the chance to know them. You've got to give people a chance to uh you know because someone might be in great shape it might be a cunt yeah yeah exactly um, i've met loads uh, of them it goes the other it, way man it, it in, does in the bodybuilder world it, man it, i met some a, of those people a, had the worst i said there's worse eating disorders than i've seen in yeah, hundreds of clients and yeah. stuff that i've coached so, you know so, so that the, can be deceiving as well for sure but um yeah it is it's like so if we talk about like going for a potential partner right if someone if you know you or i have always sort of been into into training into exercise and and before that playing rugby and whatnot and and if you were to meet someone who you know you said you, you meet your partner met your partner at the gym it's like and molly's a trainer as well right if i didn't um i couldn't be with someone who wasn't um into fitness mm, um same. and they don't have to be a trainer but if they didn't have that same uh, those same values mm. um it, that is fundamentally going to be a huge issue because how I prioritize my time as a default non-negotiable um, aspect of my life, which underpins how I operate on a day-to-day basis, um, is going to be so different to, uh, to to them. You know, and they don't have to be experienced. You know, in the gym they could be you know very early on in their journey, but it's a it's a matter of values, and if they don't align, whether it be someone as a partner or friends. You know what I mean? You, you'll find yourself, you know, either pulling away from that person if they are a friend. Um, naturally, just mm. you know, you, you don't gravitate towards one another. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy because you you couldn't. It'd just be hard for us to be compatible with anyone. And look, this is not to like look down on people and say it's just everyone's got their own values, right? Their own value system, of course. And you know, it's it's just the lifestyle, isn't it? Right? I feel yeah. like that's so important as well. Yeah. And I was saying to you off air, for me to find someone with a similar lifestyle to me is so hard, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I barely go out anymore you know what i'm saying like i enjoy just chilling you know what i mean mm. and obviously my more, sleep routine more of a homebody in your more, old more age. of a homebody in my old age you know what i mean so that stuff's really really important but it's basically a story of sacrifice isn't it you know what i mean it's mm. like i was thinking the other day with uh with abs for example right like why are why are abs so impressive right? mm. it's a story of sacrifice like lines on the stomach right like mm-hmm. why it's a story of sacrifice isn't it? it's a story of all the you, all the pizzas i said no to you know when, when, when's the last all time the pizzas you said yes to <laughs> When's the last time you didn't have abdominals, like, oh. like visible abdominals? No, mate. They're your, your, probably your, the best your, they've your, been. Your midsection has always been quality. It's always Excuse been. Me. It's always been. You know, very, very good. Um, 
As when's the last time? Yeah, it's, it's like probably the best yeah, it's, it's been now. It's obviously you've had some you know ebbs yeah. and flows in terms of you know you've yeah, been yeah. a little bit more lax, you know. Um, but uh, you said you've always been visible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, now, yeah. They're, now they're like just popping all year round. I think that's more just a case of like, obviously, I eat kind of carnival now as well. Ma- so ma- I have maintenance as well. It's sort of like yeah. you, you found, you found I, I don't even something think about that, it. Is, I, that I, is like from a you know a genetic adaptation standpoint. We know yeah. that um, maintenance of mm. of, uh, of of any adaptation is far easier than progress. One hundred percent. Like I don't have to try. It sounds you know. Uh, well, it is what it is. I don't have to try very hard to maintain the muscle mass and strength that I have because I've established that um, <clears throat> that uh, homeostasis mm. of, of, of that for quite a while. If I want to make further progress, it's going to be a fucking uphill battle. Mm. Um, but I think for yourself, probably that's yeah, probably where you've established because you were lifting weights. I was like sixteen when I first started yeah, lifting tw- weights, twelve so or thirteen when I started. Yeah. So for me, it's well, there we go. So for me, it's been almost two decades, the same as yourself, yeah. right? So I think it's all the the time and effort. But now mm. it's just more a case of just nutrition and lifestyle because the and, training and, element is like there, always there, there anyway. Yeah. But now it's a case of like obviously the way I eat now, it's just I don't have the desire at all for any more like processed foods anymore. It's like yeah. it's not even like real food to me unless it's like dark chocolate. You can't really that's not really ultra processed yes. food, is it? You know what I'm saying? I don't have the desire for those foods anymore. Mm-hmm. And obviously because of the way I eat now, like animal based, it's like, you know, beef patties and if I want like a treat, I'll have some cheese and stuff mm-hmm. again. Like that with no bread, that does it for me, you know what I mean? And I never feel like I'm deprived. So I think that's the main thing. And just having less it's not like carbohydrates are going to make you fat. Like mm. they don't overeating calories makes you gain fat. Correct. Right? Yes. So, and what I find with carbohydrates, they just tend to stimulate your appetite more, depending on the type of carbage, carbohydrates you're eating. Because 100%. I have, extre- I have virtually oh. like my average carbs per day is probably like under 50 grams now. You know what I mean? Man, so I it's had, like I've impossible had, to not be shredded. It's great. I, I've had so many slices of bread and butter just today. Oh, <laughs> delicious. And you're still on point as well. I'd be still oh, asleep, bro. I don't you know, know about saying? that. The conversation's flowing. I don't know how you can manage it. There's no visible abs under this shirt, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but no, just for the audience as well, it's like, it's, it's how you feel though. And then again, it comes back to like health. It's because I feel better. I'm of sharp. Course. If I, have, I don't do low carb. I don't, I never think about abs, right? So the mm. less I've thought about my physique, interestingly, mm. the better I've looked. Don't get me wrong, there's still thought there when I'm training to of work course. certain poly parts or whatever. Yeah. But it's more about health. It's like I just mm. train the full body because I want to make sure I get a good full body. <laughs> Workout, mobility, well, elements as well. Well, that's what drew me towards uh, strength training as a focus of coaching people versus going down any other particular path of, um, of, of personal training is because so many people want to achieve physique goals. They want to be bigger or smaller or, or you know, or, or, or leaner or whatever the case may be, somewhere in between, some combination of all of the above. Uh, but fundamentally, they want to feel better about themselves. And there's a psychological driver behind that, that physical goal, that physical adaptation that they're they're um, looking to achieve, and if we focus more on how someone feels and and more the performance side of things, um, you know, you mentioned sort of like you know, your abs are there without having to think about it, you know, and you know, with not necessarily training for that, but they'll you know they're in great shape. It's like I found pretty early on that in order to make someone feel good about themselves, to achieve the goal they actually want to, and then look better you know, more bigger muscles and uh, leaner where they want to be and all this sort of stuff is focus on the the statistical improvements that are sort of strength improvements, strength progress over time. You will, by default, as long as, you know, we take care of your diet to a degree, we make sure that, you know, you're, you're progressing over time. You're not eating, you're just eating slightly better than you have before and you'll end up looking better. You'll end up feeling better without focusing on it so much. Because, mm. you know, you mentioned about eating disorders with people in um, the fitness industry and, and, and uh, bodybuilding in particular, people on stage and people are actually competing. It's, you know, so prevalent. 
and obviously we want to there's a fine line and between providing someone with the skills and the education to eat the right things aligned with their goals but not be obsessive about it that it becomes problematic. Mm. And so I think, yeah, getting the training right and making sure they're focusing on making progress in the gym, getting stronger, allow the programming itself to take care of the Mm. adaptation. Um, But, yeah, getting that balance just right between that focus and getting the nutrition right, giving them enough information that they're feeling empowered, but uh, giving them enough slack that their um, potential – Eating disorder exactly. doesn't develop. It can go the other way, but also it's it's crazy. There's research on it now. You just make better decisions, right? When you're training consistently, mm. when you get stronger. And by the way, it's another bit of research as well, like self-worth. In fact, when you get physically stronger, it improves your self-worth. There's research just by getting physically stronger. 100%. You, but then making better decisions you, with food as well. You feel, research you on feel that. more. Do. You feel this. And this is, a, yeah, again, a push that I had with uh, sort of in, incentivized me to go down that path as a coach is that you'd see that with a lot of people. A lot of people that um, – say females, would come to me in the past wanting to um, achieve a particular physique because you you unpack and you you understand what proper questions to ask, um, getting into the psychology of what's going on. And you find out that they basically, they just want to feel better about themselves. They they don't feel as good as they'd like to for whatever reason. And all right, cool. Well, we know that changing a physique takes a long time, especially if they don't have a good competency in the gym. They don't have the habits to train. There's a lot of nutritional and lifestyle um, uh, impacts that we need to address. So it's going to take a long time. But what we can see, measure, and uh, be rewarded by on a much more short-term and consistent basis is getting stronger on a week-to-week basis. It's very black and, and white, isn't it? That's yeah, the beauty and, of it. And, so, and so if we focus more on that and, and someone goes from being able to only lift, say, a few kilos performing a particular exercise and within a month or two they're performing you know, fourfold that or you know, depending on how new they may be, or either performing, say, a deadlift, um, say, a trap bar deadlift, they're much more, you know, favorable for someone who, you know, lower on the skill level. And so they can make progress significantly um, quickly. And so they'll see a big number and they might get to like 100 kilos in, um, you know, a reasonably short period of time potentially. And that in itself starts to skew someone towards um, different goals because that now makes them feel good. So they didn't achieve necessarily the physique goals that they, they thought they wanted, but they feel good, which is what they actually wanted to achieve. They wanted to feel good. They thought the vehicle to feeling good was a different physique, but the vehicle to feeling good was actually feeling stronger, feeling empowered. And you're talking about fulfillment and feeling um, just feeling a better sense of self, you know, feeling better about themselves because they're feeling more capable, you know, and, and uh, especially instilling that in, um, in, in a lot of women that for whatever reason have maybe – just being women, they 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 feel that they aren't uh, as physically capable as men potentially, or um, women typically tend to be, as a default, more. Uh, they don't back themselves the same degree as guys do mm. when it comes to physical tasks, mm. and and even though they might be you know just as competent from a skill standpoint, and uh, all things equated, just as strong. Um, but they won't back themselves to the same degree. It's interesting you say that. It's hard to interrupt, but you know, uh, when you, I used to train people who just came back to me then, I would train guys, 
And a lot of the times they'd be like, you know, no, I can do more weight. Yeah. It's like, bro, we need to take the weight down. Yeah, like, your, te- your, te- technique. your technique Whereas sucks. women are a bit like, generally, they're a bit more yes. like, ah. And you're like, no, no, you can do another yeah. 20K. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Or 10K. They're, they're just more, they're just more cautious. Um, cautious. More, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Smarter, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> the basically, male ego. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so that, that's the thing, right? So you want an appropriate amount of ego to drive um, progress and drive enthusiasm, but it's a coach's job to wrangle that and and make sure it's appropriately dosed, otherwise someone's going to fucking hurt themselves. 100%. And and I I've had people in the past, and I'm sure you have as well, uh, people who guys who who have some degree of experience and, and think they're probably more advanced. Not probably, they think they're more advanced than they are, and would come and see me because I certainly look like I know what I'm talking about. And so they're like, oh, he's big and strong, and so he'll get me even bigger and stronger. And you'll see how they move. And I've I've had. I wouldn't call them before, quiet. Before I you would, know it, you got them doing like three bodyweight squats. Well, I, yeah. I, well, they're, <laughs> they're not like I would, session over. I wouldn't even call them clients because you look at what they're doing and you look at their programming. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to slash about 30% of your total programming because you're doing six days a week or seven days a week and that's far too much. You're not recovering well enough. And per day, you're doing way too much. And your technique sucks. So it's like you're making these massive slashes here and there and they think that you're going to implement something which is going to make it harder. So no, 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 I'm going to make it more effective. Mm. And, and the way in which we make it more effective is to do less but do it better. Mm. And it's sort of like the, the head starts fucking, you know, mm. <laughs> spinning backwards. I just put a post out today on that. It's such a good point in terms of like treating, and you're the master for this, right, uh, in terms of like treating each exercise like a skill, right? It is. People go yeah. in there like it's a workout. I've got to tr- push hard. I've got to do loads of volume. As you say, snip 30% off that. Yeah. Let's focus on the skill of these fundamental movements mm. like your squats, your deadlifts, et cetera. And when you're honing on the technique on those things and you go in the gym, because that's the way I look at it now. Like, you can look around the gym. I'm not, it depends what I'm doing. But most of the time, I'm not lifting heavy weights. Mm. But I'm doing it with such intention. Yes. That, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I don't care, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? Qu- it's, it's like the quality. You know, you, yeah. you obviously want to, and you need to be pushing yourself to a certain intensity, load-wise, effort-wise, making sure we have adequate volume, mm. you know, across the week and whatnot. But if the quality isn't there, it's just an inefficient use of time. Mm. And, and you know, that, that's fundamentally how I look at it. If we don't have um, that focus on what we're doing for with our time, then, you know, you're pissing potential results away. Because I spent, I spent probably the first 10 to 12 years of my experience in my, my training journey, if you will, sort of, you know, the first sort of year or two into my own personal training career, uh, very inefficient. And it didn't realize it was being inefficient, but it was only in hindsight when I met the right people and became more enlightened and better educated as to uh, a different perspective on training and movement and exercise and and what actually gets results and and why being efficient is so important and programming and everything and so it wasn't until i went through that process that i realized how misled or or just generally inefficient i was in my process in the past and got good results in spite of inefficiencies Mm. just through a you know a genetic um positive ge- genetic response to these things and and seeing how common that is. Mm. Um, especially, especially you're in your 20s, right? Well, you're young and you're Well, no, younger. especially but it's for anyone that's a newbie, right? Yeah, you know, oh, the newbie gains. There's nothing like newbie if gains. You're, it's also, it's not just newbie gains from a standpoint of, of people being adaptive to uh, a novel training stress when they're, they're new to the game. It's also the methodologies used to give you a false sense of efficacy, right? So you, you'll do a particular program and move in a certain way when it comes to performing a given exercise that will reap a given result when you start. But 
you're at the start of your journey. You throw shit against the wall and everything's going to stick. And no longer after, you know, that newbie phase will that same lack of quality in your movement, same lack of efficiency and quality in your methodologies of programming and whatnot mm. be adequate to keep continuing to progress. That's mm. when people go, oh, I did this program before and, you know, that's always worked for me in the past. And it's like oh, it worked for you once or maybe it worked for you twice no over time. It worked for you because you went from probably doing nothing exactly. to doing that. People, people so anything's going to work. Exactly. You know so people, like, people to an extent. Well, no, 100%. So people don't identify what actually works. But, you know, it's things like squatting, deadlifting, pushing, pulling, rowing, pressing. These exercises will always have efficacy mm. as long as we are adequately and appropriately critical for the technique and the programming associated mm. based on where you are. It's hard to exist. Sorry, mate. Cause I was yeah. just going to say, there's two things. There's the behaviors, right? That type A personality, which you were talking about then, right? The kind of person that's basically getting after it, doing loads of volume. I find in a sense, those people are the hardest people to coach because they mm. always want to do more. They want to go there, but they, yeah. they, they, they don't, because they haven't done it for long enough. They haven't really put the time and effort into the skill of each movement mm-hmm. and just scaled it right back. Yeah. And they have that thing where it's, Almost, I call them like cortisol junkies. I used to be, I used to be this person, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, where you want that release of pushing yourself in the gym, mm-hmm. but then you're not doing it the smart way. Yeah, and then also overcomplicating it as well. Yeah. It's like, like you just said, then the fundamental movements. If only people would just not overcomplicate things. Yeah. And focus on the, and it's hard though. It sounds mm. easy. Like try and do a good, like a, a, you're, you're doing a squat with perfect form, right? Mm. Like how much work do people have to do? Yeah. And I feel there's so much value, right, in just learning how to squat properly. Of course, like that alone. Mm. With the work that goes into that, right? So like like you say, those fundamental movements, the rowing, mm-hmm. the pushing. Yeah. If people could just factor those main movements in like mm-hmm. every week and try and practice them, well, you could do so little and get mm. fantastic results, right? <clears throat> well, it comes down to exactly right. So it comes down to people. And this is something that I used to do, right? So I've got a lot of patience and understanding for, for why people do what they do. <clears throat> people will um, – people lack the ability to identify what it is that's actually holding them back from achieving the results, that they aren't achieving. And it's not because they don't have the best programming in the world because the best programming from the best coaches in the world mean fuck all if you move like shit. Mm. We can sound by that one. Um, <laughs> and uh, people just don't – people will think that they don't have the best programming or they don't have they, – they don't have the, the, the tools – uh, in respect to unique exercises that they haven't heard of before um, or uh, something, right? But it, it's it's nothing – there's no secrets, right? It's just that the level of critique and that they're holding themselves to or being held to by a particular coach uh, when it comes to their squat or their deadlift or their push or pull, whatever they might be doing, it just isn't enough for where they are, right? They've, they've progressed their squat, they've progressed their deadlift or whatever the case may be. And their level of critique was fine to get them to where they are, but it's no longer fine moving forward. And, and all their programming isn't adequate as well. Uh, it's either not challenging enough based on their experience. They don't feel empowered enough to challenge themselves enough. That's a huge one as well. People don't feel confident enough to really push themselves hard enough because a certain people, 
you need to develop not just a skill set when it comes to how to move better and increasingly so and being increasingly critical, but increase your capacity to push yourself harder. So a 10 out of 10 difficult when you're new to the game will be very different, irrespective of load used. The 10 out of 10 difficult when you're new to the game will be very different as a feeling to what 10 out of 10 feels like or it should be um, five years down the track because – you're only able to push yourself to a certain degree and be like, oh, my God, that's hard. All right, cool. Could you do any more gun to your head? Oh, God, no. You know what I mean? And then you you develop a level of grit. The threshold. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that upper threshold of what you can tolerate, that stress tolerance and that sort of eyeball-popping sort of like capacity to push yourself into a set is uh, something you need to develop over time. Um, and a lot of people don't get that. Mm. And, that, and that's why a lot of people don't, uh, you know, sort of they plateau because mm. the level of effort, the intensity of the effort they apply initially when they're newer will get a certain result. And so they don't actually look to develop that. They look for other exercises. Mm. They look for different programming. They blame other people. Or- Again, because they, they get caught up so much on the physical progress as well, right? Yeah. So it's like if you focus on strength, it's so black and white, right? Mm. That's a great – if you keep showing up and getting stronger yeah. and working on the mechanics. Yeah. What advice – just to kind of, I guess, wrap this up, bro. What advice would you give to anyone who – let's say they want to go to the gym you know, three times per week mm-hmm. and they want to maximize results they get, and not just physically but with performance and strength? Uh-huh. I know the answer is always going to be – it depends. But if you're, just speaking to, <laughs> if, you're, if you're just speaking to the average person, what would you say like – are the fundamentals when it goes to going in the gym to like maximize results, whether that be like, right, most people have to focus on mobility, you know, focus on single leg movements. I know it really depends, no. but just if you were to give like a general kind of technique, bit of advice. technique, 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 technique yeah. is king, right? Because the more efficient you are with your technique, the better you are with your technique, the safer you move, but also the more efficient you are with your time. And so we want to be achieving results in the quickest period of time possible. Now that may be two years, but we, we, if, if something takes two years to achieve, we want it to take two years and not three or four or five or never. Mm. And, and that comes down to how every single repetition is executed. And over say that hypothetical two year period, you would have, uh, this hypothetical person would need to perform thousands of repetitions of a given exercise, a whole bunch of other exercises, thousands of reps. Now, the the only difference between achieving a, a stellar result in that two-year period or achieving a mediocre result or a shitty result is going to be down to how each individual repetition is performed, right? Obviously, the programming matters, and that's something to discuss with you know a coach like me. Uh, Oh, my, less, to a lesser degree, Martin. Uh, as, as, Shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> um, to, to create a direction that suits your goals. But it's your technique first and foremost that, that matters because that single repetition or like out of context, one repetition doesn't matter, right? But contextually over two years where you're performing thousands of repetitions, that's when a small detail in uh, in your technique, good, bad, or otherwise, um, starts to really impact what you can achieve. Because if you're, you know, if, if, um, if the most efficient you can be from a statistical standpoint on a repetition is uh, to the value of like one, 1.0, uh, 
if you are being inefficient, it's like 1.2 or 1.4. You know what I mean? Mm, it's like mm. there's a higher value for per rep, mm, right? Got you. Uh, and so if it's only like a, a 1.05, all right, cool, that's not that bad. But if that spews out 1.1 or 1.2 and then, all right, still, still good rep. You're right, still good. You haven't hurt yourself and you still might be making progress. But you, you times that over, you know, just the one set. Right, uh, and then that that point oh five or that point one starts to accumulate. Mm. Compound and you, and, interest, yeah, and you don't know what you could have achieved. You just won't get there because mm. you worked harder. You overinvested effort to achieve. Say, say it was at one point one. Right, I'll see how good my statistical sort of maths are. Layman's terms, uh, yeah. So, so you just basically, <laughs> okay, I'll give you more layman's terms. If you work, if you work that little bit too hard per repetition, yeah, you're not going to notice it on that rep, right? Instead of working 1.0, you put in 1.1. All right. But you accumulate that for the entire set, for the multiple sets, across multiple exercises, across months, and say that two years. That's when that one, that point 0.1 or even fraction of that is multiplied into something of great significance. And that's the difference between a result that's achieved in two years or maybe four. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, and, and so um, – Obviously, programming matters. Yeah, but looking yeah. at you as an example, I know you're a, a genetic freak, right? We've mm. got to give you that. But the fact that – what's your PB? Is it, It's more than 215. Is it more than a 250 squat? I went – I went – so American audience, kilos, right? Yeah. So we're talking 500-odd pounds here. What is yeah, it? Yeah, so um, I had a crack at 260 uh, – 260 kilograms on Saturday last week, and I came a bee's dick close – to getting that, <laughs> if you're not if you're not familiar, if you're not familiar with how big a bee's dick is, um, it's pretty small. Um, I haven't seen one personally, so <laughs> I imagine they have one. It's going to be quite small. And so, no, I came. Stings I, though. I, I, hey, <laughs> nice. Um, I uh, yeah, I came very very close, and uh, I I might not have a crack this weekend. You know, it's, it's again, it's one of those things. There's so many things which will impact performance. Um, I've got to fuck around and find out. But before I go away on my trip in a few weeks, uh, I definitely want to sort of tick that off. But that was only the third time I've ever had it on my back. Um, the first time, well, the the more most previous time was in March, and the mm. time before. But that's that, the nervous set. That's a beauty with strength. It's a neurological thing now. So your yeah. nervous system already has felt that two hundred sixty. Yeah. So so definitely, I do want to sort of you know maintain. That sort of uh, you know in in that in that ballpark. So so when I go for it, there, there's more familiarity there. So there's more greater potential to do so. Awesome. Um, but yeah, the only way in which to get there and to maintain that is to be increasingly um, critical mm. with with the technique and to the point where that's what I was going to ask you using your analogy. Then yeah, like that's basically what you've done, right? Mm. It's the compound effect of the fine tuning. And I forgot to mention this: four a.m. in the morning, bro. Do you still do mobility at four a.m. in the morning? When I used to live with you, I used to get up in the morning. You see this big dude with his leg over his head, <laughs> with a leotard on. <laughs> I'm like, what the oh, hell? Like that moustache as well. What's don't don't let the truth get away with the story. Um, no, I am. Um, now, look, I really don't need to do a lot of mobility now. Because of the habits that I instituted around that time where we were living together, I uh, was doing yoga. I was using uh, a lot of what I learned in yoga and identifying shortcomings in my mobility to positively influence my, my, my training and created a, um, like strength or the muscularity for yourself, a homeostatic sort of level and capacity that I was able to maintain. So my hips, my ankles, my, my spine, as long as I maintain enough attention to them within the exercises I perform, 
and um, I, I do, you know, I, I, enough. I do very little compared to what I used to, but because I've earned the right to do little. Does that mm, make sense? So, yeah, and so it's the same thing with my, my weight training. I don't do a lot of heavy stuff, but it's because I have have done so many years of heavy lifting that my, my tissues, my structures have created that homeostatic level that uh, I, I can – maintain a a high level of of capacity with a low volume and a, and a low frequency of work because my body has just been conditioned to it mm. now obviously i need to maintain it to a degree in order to maintain it uh but if i was to tell you know joe blow that you know i only squat this this many times per week or, or push or pull and this is the load and they'd be like oh they couldn't do that and mm. expect to lift those weights because mm. i've been doing it for 20 years mm. you know exactly, what I mean? yeah. it's very different yeah there's, there's there's no shortcuts man so where can uh, simplify strength are you ever gonna plan on taking that to the u.s is that a, is that a goal of yours or not um i wouldn't mind going to the u.s but because because the u.s is so spread out mm. and there yeah, are there there point. are so many major cities right mm. there's so many big cities of course um and whereas like canada um you know there's sort of i've been a uh, Went to Vancouver and Toronto last year, and doing the same again. And one of the spots is uh, Vancouver Island, Victoria, and there's there's just not as many major places. And mm. even if I went to a couple of other, um, a couple other cities, there might be Edmonton, there might be Montreal, things like that. But there's only so many mm. uh, that may be applicable in, in terms of being enough of a a, um, a geographical hub that people would be drawn towards yeah, or have a big enough catchment area, mm. right? Um, and the UK, it's very dense. It's mm. only so big. And I'm like, I'm going to fly into London and get a train, oh, and dude, get a, so and get get a around. train around, right? And and so it's it's not it's not too difficult there so either. But the, UK, the, yeah. the US, it's it's so expansive mm. as a country. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a five-hour flight, I think, from mm. LA to New York. Mm. And, and so like that as an example. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, because 50% of the audience are in America. I was going to say if you ever go there. But um, I was going to say, where can simplified strength now? You got it in obviously UK. You're not doing any in Australia, are you? Uh, at the moment, um, I will be. I will be doing some in Australia at the end of the year. Okay, um, cool. I've spoken to um, I've spoken to a guy online who has a um, a gym in Brisbane. Um, doing one there um, at the end of the year. I'm just going to wait until I uh, sort of get these ticked off, and then I'll sort of mm. you know probably in the next couple of months look to sort of organise uh, a date for that, and then probably that'll be sort of the first one because I've created that conversation, and then look to um, schedule one in Sydney. I still haven't done one in Sydney, um, oh, you know, I just to just go over or off in the world. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 but that's, and, you want you get the travel, them, yeah, and awesome. so do one in Sydney, and then uh, in Melbourne as well. Awesome. So, I was just going to say, so for the audience, you know, if you want to. Learn how to lift properly and get maximum benefits, right? Yeah. From strength training, like this is the shit, right? Well, yeah, it's it's sort of it's catered to both coaches and gym, oh yeah, of course, yeah, gym, coaches, gym, well, yeah, gym, yeah. gym goers alike, right? So you so, get primarily all in all, you get more coaches than you would. Or, I or do, just, I do typically, yeah, yeah okay. I do typically, and and it's um, which is good for me. It wasn't something that I intended to do. It wasn't like mm. oh, this is just for coaches, for instance, because the information is the same. If I if I'm working with a coach to help develop their skill set to be a better coach. Uh, they're they're going to listen to and take on not just what's being presented, what the mm. information is, but how it's being communicated. Mm. My my strength as a coach is my communication skills and my my ability to take uh, an idea or a concept or a, um, a movement or you know a description on something and simplify it down. Hence the name, simplify it down to a digestible 
and then much more easily applicable um, process. And that's fundamentally what the seminar is all about, just sort of simplifying things down to the point where irrespective of who may walk through the door, who decides to purchase a ticket, they will get huge benefit from it, whether they're just applying it for themselves uh, and they want to become more confident and more skilled up in what they're doing or whether they are a coach who are looking to do the same thing with their own clients, learning the language that will be most easily understood, uh, reducing the friction between explanation and application because if you can explain something more simply and get someone to be more confident quicker, it's, it's everyone wins. So that, that's sort of the fundamentally what I'm trying to get across in those seminars. Awesome, man. So valuable for any coaches as well, right? Because that's the key thing. The art is the communication. And yeah. it's also just actually mastering all of the mechanics and everything else yourself. And yeah. literally fine-tuning things makes you mm. better as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, where can the audience find you, man? Uh, Instagram would probably be the best place to find me and all my links on there to I'll share all, all in the show notes anyway. Thank you very much. Everything. All my seminars as well as my online coaching if you're interested in it because, you know, what can I say? I'm pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, so you'll have the links to all my seminars, links to my online coaching, links to my OnlyFans. Just joking. Um, <laughs> you're not joking. I've seen what you're up to with that, with that cowboy hat on that you wear. Look, what can I've I seen I you say? wearing that Look, cowboy hat. I was thinking, he's got to have an OF. The I bet he's popping. The requests have been there, <laughs> um, but I've worked too long and hard. I couldn't give a shit, really. Long and hard, yeah? Uh, you know, no just, pun intended. Hey, no pun pun. <laughs> Pun very much intended. Now, look, I've worked long and hard to try and create credibility in my name. Uh, and it's like I could earn more money uh, on OnlyFans, but it's like, eh, I, you know, I, I, I like – despite, you know, ha- having questionable morals at, time, uh, at times, I, you know, it's, it's something I hold myself – to a higher level too. I think I should, I should consider it man with the abs now I'm in the shape of my life you know what I mean I, yeah, I feel like it. I'm in that I'm, you know, these are the uh, golden years you know, so why not capitalise yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you can find me <laughs> <laughs> only fans slash mutton hey bro thanks a lot for your time man it was great to catch no up anyway yeah likewise Thank cheers you. man